Hello and welcome to Grace Life Sir Lowry's Pass. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. So welcome everyone. If anyone want to move as forward as possible, it would be nice to be in close, right? Now, before we start, I want to tell you, so this schoolgirl, I'm not sure how old, but she always insisted on walking next to a particular classmate. And if she didn't get to walk next to this particular classmate, that was trouble. She had to walk next to this one. So one day, the teacher finally pulled her aside and said, why is it that you are so insistent? <clears throat> she said to the teacher, because I'm a Christian. She said, so, and? Yeah, as a Christian, I'm told to walk by faith. So I have to walk by faith. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's four. Sorry. You might have to explain that. <laughs> yeah, so the girl's name was Faith. The classmate's name was Faith. So therefore, she had to walk by faith. <laughs> so this fourth grader, he had broken his leg, so he was on crutches, but it was his birthday. So he was going to bring cupcakes to the class. So the parents drove them to school and they said to the older brother, right? Wouldn't, can you just please carry the cupcakes? And she said, no, I don't want to. And the father took it as a moment, an opportunity to cheat. He said, you don't want to. But think about what would Jesus have done? He said, Jesus would have healed him so he could carry his own cupcakes. <laughs> <laughs> so today, did you enjoy our time of worship? Yes. It's awesome, right? Don't you just feel that you leave a certain realm and you get into another when you worship? Amen. Worship is awesome. It's just like it lifts you up above. Amen? Amen? So today, I am going to, I would like to speak about the abundant life. But first I'd like to remind us that in John 10, 10, I think, we all know John 10, 10, right? But in the last part of it, Jesus said, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Now, first of all, I want to point out, did he say, I, have, I am come that they might have stuff and things and have that more abundantly? Is that what he said? What did he say that he came that we might have more abundantly? Life. What is life? What does life consist of? Life is love, light, happiness, being whole, not being broken. But it also includes having our needs met. I didn't say all of our wants, but all of our needs, right? He's a good father. He wants to clothe and feed and house us. So it does include some things, but the pursuit is not things, the pursuit is him. Right? But did you but now I wanna ask you, do you feel that you are already living the abundant life? Who here believes that you already have all that could possibly be had? You we have one that is living the abundant life. I think that most of us know that there's more. And I think that most of us face needs and... Not, I'm not only talking material needs, there's also emotional needs. There's always, we feel that there is more, right? But now, if God wants us to have it, and we want to have it, why don't we have it? God wants to give it, and we want it. Why don't we have it in full? the way he wants it to be. Have you asked yourself that? Now, I want to just read you now the part I left out of John 10, 10. It says, the thief, why did Jesus say that in the very same breath? 
Why did he first talk about be aware of this one, that the thief comes not for to for, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy? First of all, that shows us immediately that we have an enemy. A thief is not your friend. We have an enemy. And Jesus said, now, wait, I'm going to tell you what I want you to have. But first be aware that you have an enemy that wants to steal it from you. And if he wants, he wants to kill it, all hope in you forever getting it and to destroy it. So we have an enemy. And he said, be aware of that first and foremost. So that means that this abundant life that Jesus wants to have is not something that's just going to be served on the platter in our laps. Right? Obviously, there's a warning. He warns us first that there is an enemy. Amen? And in 1 Timothy 6.12, he said, Paul said, but we know that Paul was speaking the word of God, right? But he says, fight the good fight of faith. What? Fight? I'm to fight? I want to be peaceful. Okay, but fight the good fight. Not physical fight. The good fight of faith. Lay hold. Now, if you lay hold, it says lay hold on eternal life. To lay hold on something, that means you get it. grasp. You have to hang on to it. Lest it slips through your fingers. Lay hold on it. Don't let it go. Right? And also lay hold can also be in our understanding. Grasp the meaning of this. Seek to understand. Amen? So we are told to lay hold on eternal life. Where unto also you are called. We are in Christ. We are all called to benefit from that eternal life, from that abundant life. Abundant. A life you want to live. A life where you have the joy of the Lord as your strength. A life where you're fulfilled. Where you, like Jesus, have authority over your circumstances. Amen? Amen. We're not victims. We are victors. Amen. We are Amen. not what? Victims. Let's say it all together. I am not a victim. I am a victor. Again. I am not a victim. I am a victor. That is the difference from night to day, from darkness to light. Know who you are. And know with whom you have to deal. This is he who made the galaxies. What is sickness to him who heals? Who are we dealing with? We say Jesus as if we were talking about a coin on the ground. I mean, no. Realize, are you connected? When you say Jesus, are you truly connecting to the almighty God? Think, we have to something. Think about what we say, and not just go through the motions. I know what I'm supposed to do. Check that off. That's done. That's not good enough. It's not good enough. Amen? Amen. 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 So, now, I don't, I realize we do have a guest, and you're welcome, sir. But I talked not too long back. I talked about I talked about what actually happened when we received salvation, right? We talked about Colossians 1.13, that we are translated from one realm, the realm of darkness, into the kingdom of this dear son. And if you remember the illustration I made, was that it is like we have been given an airplane. When before we received Christ, we were earthbound. The law of sin and death kept us earthbound, like gravity keeps us earthbound. But when we received Jesus, it's like we were given a plane. We could actually, if we learn to fly that plane, there are limitless possibilities. We have the potential to rise above everything, right? But now, that plane, only you can fly that plane. That means that unless you apply yourself to learn how to fly the plane, it will never get off the ground. 
We have the Holy Spirit as our co-pilot, who is there to instruct us, remind us, help us, guide us. And we have to learn to listen to him, right? But remember we spoke, we spoke about that, and I, we also looked at 1 Corinthians 1.24. But now, I'll just go back to 18, just to make sense, but it says, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved is the power of God. That's 1 Corinthians 1.18. But then verse, verse 24 in the same chapter says, But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. So when I talked last, we talked about the wisdom of God. There's a lot we need to learn. We need to learn the laws of the spirit, the spiritual laws. We went into that. I don't have time to go into that now. But we, we, have, we have to learn the wisdom of God. We find the wisdom of God in his word, in Jesus Christ himself, in learning to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and let the Spirit drop revelations into our hearts that we could not have otherwise known, right? There's the wisdom of God. But we did not get time to touch upon the power of God. Amen? Amen. But we must have both. Here it says wisdom and power. We need both. It's like we need the Word and we need the Spirit. Amen? Amen. So, now, do you know what it, in this world, if somebody wants to become a pilot, there is no way they will ever become a pilot unless they go to an aviation school where you learn how to fly planes. And then the day they walk in the door, it's not the day they sit in the pilot seat and take that plane up. No. But they are not discouraged if it takes one year, two years, I don't know, maybe even three, before they actually, on their own, can take the plane up. Because they keep their focus. They have a vision. So they will endure all the training, all the practicing, all the instruction, and with the instruction comes correction. They'll even endure correction, because correction, they know, is for their benefit. Amen? Amen. So now we are also in a school. We are in the Lord's aviation school. The Lord wants us to learn to fly our plane, the plane he gave us, that only, that only we can fly. So when we come to church, church is not only, I'm not saying it's not, but it's not only a place of fellowship where we get to meet up with each other, enjoy each other, laugh together, be together, drink coffee together. It's not only that, that's part of it, but the greatest part is it's school. It's school time. If you're serious, if you're serious about truly being a victor in every area of life, everything the enemy might hurl, about, hurl at you, if you truly want to be able to rise above it, you come for training, you come for practicing, you come to learn, to grow, to gain wisdom, to gain power. Amen? Amen. So going to church, it's not just a Christian religious thing we do. It's something, it's an investment in ourselves. Do you know that people say that you need, you need to invest in yourself. And when I say invest in yourself, I don't mean go and buy expensive jewelry and clothing and whatever or. No, you invest wisdom into yourself. You invest knowledge into yourself. You invest into your relationship with the Lord. That's the kind of investment we need to do. Amen? Amen? So like I just Googled just for fun, and I saw that in aviation schools, at least what came up, there were 17 different subjects. 17 different subjects. Maybe there's even more. I just counted the first thing that came up and counted every 17 of them. So in, in church also, there's so many subjects that we are to learn. And 2 Timothy 2.15 says, study. There we go. We are instructed. It's actually a command. Study. To show yourself approved unto God. 
a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And that is a whole subject in itself. But right now I'm trying to stay on my subject. Okay? So for example, we have to learn the laws of the kingdom. Uh, we have to learn to, the Bible says, to not be ignorant of the devil's devices. If you have an enemy that wants to steal, kill, and destroy, like how did he steal, kill, and destroy with Adam and Eve? He deceived them. He knew he could not come against them with physical power. That would have never done it. He had to deceive. So like even when Jesus was in the wilderness, he said, and the devil said, but do you think the devil stood there in person and said, open the audience? You know, in us, he's, he deceives. He infiltrates our thoughts. He makes us think it's our own thoughts. So I'm sure he would have also done that with Jesus, try to just put the thought in this mind. But that's why we have to learn to discern the voice of the Lord and not be deceived. And we learn that the more time we spend with Jesus, they say the more time you spend with the rose, the more you begin to smell like the rose. So the more time we spend with Jesus, the more we will become familiar with his voice. The more we will recognize the enemy's voice and be able to not be ignorant of his devices and resist the devil and he what? Shall flee from you. So if he is not resisting, I mean, if he is not fleeing, it's because we are not resisting. It's not because God sent him there to harass us. God would never do that. It's us that are not resisting. Amen? <coughs> so anyway, about the laws of the kingdom, I won't go into it, but bear in mind, we need to learn what they are, and they work whether we believe in them or not whether we cooperate with them or not. Like the law of gravity, whether you believe there is such a thing as the law of gravity or not, it's going to work. And whether you cooperate with it or not, it's going to work. So if you jump off a roof and kill yourself, it wasn't God that killed you. It was your lack of cooperating with the law of faith. The same with electricity. If you cooperate, you can have many benefits. Like your clothing washed, your, kept, kept, your food kept cold, all, all, all those many benefits. More than I can even mention, right? But if you violate it, it'll kill you. Amen? Amen. It's the same with the laws of the Spirit. They are in place, and we would be wise to learn and study and learn to cooperate. That's one of the ways that we can inherit the abundant life. I haven't forgotten my subject. We are talking about the abundant life, but a lot is going to be up to you, whether you personally experience the abundant life. God has done his part. He has done all that needs to be done. Now it's up to us. What will you do with what he has done for you? Amen? Amen. So. When I spoke about the plane, and that is now what we have talked about again, uh, that the enemy he will try to hijack, crash, and burn your plane. Amen. Amen? But do you know, when God gave you that plane, he did not leave you defenseless. He knew there was an enemy. He himself said, there is an enemy that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Amen? Amen. So God is very well aware, more aware than we are, in fact. So he gave us armor, weaponry. And if you have read Ephesians 6, you know there is the armor of God, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, and all that, which I, again, I don't have time to go into that. But if you want to know more, write down Ephesians 6 and read that, and you will see there is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and there's prayer. And those are weapons, right? I just want to share, I was praying the other day, and I just got a little vision. And I saw a picture of an enemy sneaking around, seeking to attack a group of people. But those people had their swords out, and they were sharpening their swords. 
and every time they turned the blade to sharpen it a bit more, the sun caught in it, and it blinded the enemy. They, the enemy kept circling, trying to not be blinded, trying to get in, but because of that, because of that blinding of the swords, he couldn't get in. And I got that is a picture of us sharpening our knowledge of the word, sharpening ourselves in the truth, in the word of God. The enemy will be blinded. He can't see to attack. Amen? Be creating our own protection by staying close to the Lord. Amen? Amen. But now, one thing that is not mentioned, if you read Ephesians 6, one powerful, powerful, powerful weapon that is not mentioned there is the weapon of praise and worship. And that is where I want to go today. I want to talk about the weapon of praise and worship. First of all, in 2 Chronicles 20, it won a war. Now we're going to read verses 21 and 22 in 2 Chronicles 20. But the children of Moab and Ammon, and it says, and others besides them, went against Jehoshaphat, who was the king of Judah. And Judah was, um, Jehoshaphat got afraid because he was totally outnumbered. You do remember, right? Israel, you remember that Jacob had 12 sons. And so there were 12 tribes. 10 of the tribes were to the north, that was Israel. And only two tribes to the south, to the south, which was Judah. And so Judah was not a large kingdom. So all of these, Jehoshaphat heard, all these enemies gathering together to come against him. So he was afraid. So he went to the Lord. He sought the Lord. Now that is a lesson, a whole lesson in itself. What do you do when you get afraid? Do you run to your best friend? and seek consolence in your best friend, or do you go straight to the Lord? Jehoshaphat was a wise man. He went to the Lord, right? And the Lord gave him a plan. It says, and when he had, so, and when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord, and that they should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army, and to say, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endureth forever. What were they to say? Praise the Lord, for his mercy endureth forever. Had they already received his, his mercy? Had they already been saved? No. But do you know that if you do not thank the Lord for delivering you until after you're delivered, that's not faith. That's gratitude. It's gratitude. But if you thank him for delivering you before it's happened, that is faith. And Hebrews 11, 6 says that without faith, it's impossible to please the Lord. You don't have that, okay, well, let me wait and see. Well, well, if he does, if he keeps his word, that's unbelief. It's not faith. Amen? We need to honor the Lord our God with faith. So, Jehoshaphat had faith. They were saying, they were, he said to them, you tell them, you tell the singers, the dancers, the praises, to say, praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. Amen? Amen. Faith knows. There's a difference between faith and hope. Hope hopes. But there is that possibility. Maybe, maybe not, right? But faith praises. Amen? Amen. Faith knows. And they began to sing. And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord sent ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. The enemy smote themselves. Jehoshaphat and his army didn't even have to throw one weapon. That was the power of praise. What do you think would have happened if they had gone forth in fear? They were outnumbered. They would have lost. But they went forth how? In praise. The power of praise won the war. Do never underestimate praise. Praise and worship. Amen? 
Now, another thing that praise did, it broke chains and opened prison doors. You're looking at Acts 16, 25 and 26. So now it won a war, now it broke chains and opened prison doors. So it says, And at midnight Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them, and suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundation of the prisons was shaken, and immediately, what? Immediately, all the doors were opened, and everyone's bands were broken and loosed. So that was the power of prayer. Like, but do you think they said just one word of praise? You know that Psalm 104 says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Now do you know what? It takes time to enter into a gate. And all the while I'm supposed to be thanking God. Thank you Lord for this and thank you Lord for that and thank you and thank you. And then finally when I get into the courts, praise you Lord that you've already done this and you've already done that. All of that takes time. I don't believe that the moment they opened their mouths and said, praise God, that all this happened. I, is it at midnight? I believe they praised God from the beginning they were put in. And eventually. You know, there's a famous preacher. He has passed away. He passed away at the age of 91. But his, na his name was Norval Hayes. And he wrote over 81 books on the spiritual warfare, you know, everything to do with the law of confession, faith, all about in Christianity, right? And he said once, my people are poor, they are sick, they are defeated because they do not praise me enough. Now, he didn't say they do not praise me enough as if you earn something by praising God. You don't earn anything. Everything he has to give you is already yours. Your name is on it, right? But he said, because my people don't stay in praise and worship long enough for the breakthrough to come. Like if I want now, supposing, let's imagine for a minute that JB is Jesus. He looks a bit like Jesus, right? Not too hard to imagine. But if I want to enter into the, pre the presence of JB, there is a time period, it takes me some time to get down to Jehu, right? Amen. So we are saying with the Lord, He's there, he, we know He's in us. But for the manifestation to come forth, it takes time. We need to learn to spend more time. We spend plenty of time talking about our problems, dwelling, Figuring, analyzing, agonizing, how am I going to find the solution? But if we would just say, forget it, I don't have the answer, but I know And praise and thank Him, because we know that victory is already ours. We are not waiting for Jesus to defeat the devil. He came to destroy the works of the devil. And what He came to do, He did. So the victory is ours. Now I need it to manifest. I know, Lord, lead me. It is not in man to direct his own steps, the Bible says. So look unto the Lord, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. We need to draw a lot closer in our relationship with the Lord. Amen? He's not the answer. So here, and did you know that praise restored body parts? Look in Luke 11, 15 to 19. It talks about the ten lepers that Jesus healed. He says, And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, 
Go thy way, thy faith has made thee whole. Do you know that when you have leprosy, the leprosy will eat off your toes, your fingers. If you're whole, you're not missing fingers and toes. That's not being whole. The others were healed, but the one that came back to give thanks was made whole. Amen? Amen. So why do you think Jesus said, what about the other night? Is it like, oh, give me more glory, give me more? No. He actually desired to do that for all ten of them. But only one came back. He's so good, his heart longs to be the best he can be for each and every one of us. But we must come to him. Had they come to him with thanksgiving and praise, he would have likewise restored their bodies. Amen? Amen. So another thing it does, it raised the dead. First, you see when Jesus raised Lazarus, you're going to read now John 11, 41 to 44. He first of all gave thanks unto God. Amen? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you. That's praise. I thank you. That you have heard, you have heard me. Not that you are going to hear me. No, I thank you. You have heard me. You have. Amen? Amen. That should be our attitude. I'm his child. He loves me. He hears me. Amen? Amen? And I know, and I knew that you hear me always, but because of the people that stand by, I said it, that they may believe that you have sent me. And when he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And what happened? He came forth. Amen? Amen. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus said unto them, Loose him and let him go. Here again we see that, that um, we notice again the difference between faith and gratitude. Jesus thanked the Lord. I thank you that you have heard me. Lazarus had not yet been raised from the dead. Faith knows. Faith is not hope. Hope and faith are two different things. Hope just hopes. And it's good, it can lead us to faith. But faith knows. Amen? So, and as I said before, without faith, according to Hebrews 11, 6, Without faith it is impossible to please him, and he that comes to God must believe that he is. Ask yourself, do I really believe that God is, and that he is actually in me, and that he's actually with me every step of the way? Yes. You must believe that. It does not please God if you, if you doubt that. You can't please him if you don't believe. You must believe. Like if you disbelieve everything I say, it doesn't please me. Amen? If you don't believe anything I'm saying, it doesn't please me. How much more God who speaks truth, only truth. I might be off sometimes, but not God. God is never off. Okay, now, Praise equals strength. We were talking about 1 Corinthians 1.24, speaking about there's two aspects that we need, the wisdom of God and the power of God. So in Matthew 21.16, Matthew 21.16, Jesus was referring to Psalm 8 verse 2. And in Matthew 21.16, he said, do you not hear what these say? That means, this is now not Jesus saying that, but the people, because they were praising him, they said, how can you allow that? Jesus said, I'm not hearing what they're saying, what the people are saying. And Jesus said unto them, Yeah, have you never read? Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, you have perfected praise. But what was he re 
quoting, he was quoting Psalm 8.2 that says, Out of the mouth of babes and sufferings you have ordained strength because of thine enemies. Whoa! He gives us the weapon of praise because of our enemies. We have giants that come against us. Poverty, sickness, broken relationships, disappointments, no jobs, whatever it is. But you have ordained strength because of, you, of their enemies. Aha, that's my weapon. Praise is my weapon. That you might still the enemy and the avenger, you stop them in their tracks. Praise God. Get in his presence. And praise God. Amen? Praise grants us access into his presence. Praise grants us access into his presence. Psalm 100 verse 4. As we said before, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. You get in, they let you in through thanksgiving. And into his courts with praise. But now we know that he's in us, right? But now we are talking about the manifestation of his presence. That it's not just something that's dormant there, but we stir up with our thanksgiving and our praises, we get in his presence. You know, you don't always feel his presence. We know he's always there, but sometimes you know, you feel that presence made manifest. And one of the ways we can feel it made manifest is with our thanksgiving and praise. Okay, now in, so another thing, praise brings the anointing and breaks the yoke. In Isaiah 10:27, and it shall come to pass in that day that the burden shall be taken from off thy shoulder and the yoke from off thy neck, and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Where do you think we find the anointing? In the presence of the Lord. Amen? So the yoke shall be broken because of the presence of the Lord. What is a yoke? What is a yoke? So a yoke, you know, a physical yoke was made out of wood, and they put it over the neck of two oxen that were strapped together to plow the field, right? And the purpose of that yoke was to balance the burden and make it easier to manage. And just before we go further, Jesus said in Matthew 11, 28 through 30, that we were to take his yoke upon us. In other words, we were to get in relationship side by side with him so that he would balance the burden. We wouldn't carry more than what we ought, right? But many times in the scriptures, it is a metaphor or a, a picture of bondage or servitude. Like for example in Jeremiah 28 2 it says, Thus speaks the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, saying, I have broken the yoke of the king of Babylon. And do you know that Jesus has broken the yoke of Satan? Amen? So, and it is made manifest for us when we enter into his presence, when we draw close to him. We need to draw close to him because things are not just automatic. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He's always present in us. But we need to set up the spirit of God within us. Amen? Amen. So, in Psalm 22.3, Psalm 22.3, it says, But you are holy, O you that inhabits the praises of Israel. This is, of course, uh, an Old Testament. He also now he inhabits us, right? But he also still dwells in our praises. So, for example, if you have a need, say, I do not have food to put on the table. Not just for me, I could maybe just fast, but I have children, I have family, I have husband, I have people who need to eat to keep their strength, right? What do you do then? You can lay praises on your need. In other words, you say, Father, you promised all of my needs met. Therefore, I thank you. 
we will eat today because you are a good father. And you know that is, remember Mark 11, 23 and 24? It says, if you say to this mountain, be removed and do not doubt, it shall be done for you. Amen? Amen. So, in other words, we are to talk to the needs. And we are to, when we speak to things with faith and conviction, they will obey us. They will obey us. Amen? Amen. Amen. We are not left defenseless. We are not victims. We are victors. Let's say it together. We are not victims. We are victors. If it does not happen, it's not God's fault. Did you stir up? Did you do all that he instructed in order to get that plane off the ground? In order to rise above? Have you done your part? Amen. 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 So like, like I said before, if you don't tell the devil to leave, he's never going to leave. So when, if you are lacking, and you know God promised you abundant life, not lack, not where you starve, cannot eat, then you tell the devil to take his hands off your stuff and go. Don't return. Amen? Amen. And then, after that, we worship the Lord. We give thanks because the just shall live by faith. And by faith, we know we already have it before we see it. It does not say the, the just shall live by gratitude, only giving thanks when we see it. No, we have to live by faith. Believing is receiving. We believe it. Why? Because God said so. Amen? Not because we see it with our physical eyes. But God will honor faith. And then our time in prayer. Take one minute to lay praises on your knees. Take one minute to set the devil out. And then spend the majority, the majority of your time praising and worshiping God. And now, you might think, what is the difference between praise and worship? Right? Now, praise is when we really give thanks for what he does, for all of his wonderful works unto the children of men. And worship is when we worship him for who he is, his nature, his character, his goodness, his dependability, just who he is as our almighty father. Amen? So we need to do both. We need to praise him, thank him, and worship him. Am I running out of time? Okay. Okay. And when we dwell in that atmosphere of praise, that is the atmosphere the Holy Spirit flows in. Because you know that there are many born again children of God. And many, maybe, I mean, you know, when we receive Jesus, we receive a measure of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit seals our spirit, so we all have a measure of the Holy Spirit. But do you know that the Holy Spirit does not flow freely in somebody who is not abiding in Christ? We have a role to play. And when we abide in praise and thanksgiving, you know, King David said, uh, I think it's, he said, See it here. But he said, your praise shall continually be in my mouth. In other words, I don't wait until I feel I have a big breakthrough. Yeah, that is in Psalm 34, 1. He said, your praise shall continually. That means every day. Wow, thank you, Lord. I have the money to go buy bread. And when you get the bread, praise the Lord. Before you eat, thank you, Lord. And somebody tells you some good news, praise you, Lord, for those goodness. You hear some bad news. Praise you, Lord, that you are greater than that, and that with you nothing is impossible. But continually, 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 it's not some set-apart, when I go to church on Sunday, I shall praise the Almighty God. Amen? I will try not to miss the time of praise and worship. No, 
it's a continual thing that is to be in our mouth, like breathing. You never forget to breathe, that is automatic, but it, get, it needs to become a lifestyle where we say, wow, thank God, praise the Lord, amen. Amen? amen. amen. Thankfully, it is in many of our places. What about if you uh, hear from a doctor, you are sick, I say, it says that who has believed the report of the Lord? To him shall the arm or the strength or the power of the Lord be revealed. I said, Father, by your stripes I'm healed. This is according to man's natural knowledge. And they are telling me what they know in the natural. But the supernatural always triumphs the natural. It's like when you play cards, if you have the aces on your hand, no matter what, how they play their cards, you're the winner. Truth is the ace in our hand. Amen? And Jesus said that we lay hands on the sick and they shall. Not they might or they could or perhaps, they shall recover. But recover does not always mean instant. But so from the time I pray till the time I see it, that is the period of time that I have in which to please God. I can keep the faith, fight the good fight of faith. I said, I don't care what my body is telling me, I care what your word tells me. You are the maker of all things. I will not doubt your word. You say, and I stand on that, and I will not get off. Yes. Satan, get away from me. Uh, You're telling me I'm never. You are, you are the one that's going never. You were defeated already. You're never going to see the glory of God. But I, I will see the glory of God. I stand upon my face. We have to learn to fight. Fight with this fight. Amen. So now, that's just to answer your question. Okay. So now, so we talked about keeping that atmosphere, staying full of praise and thanksgiving. And I'm going to read you from Matthew 12, 43 to 45. And this is Jesus is talking about when a devil, a demon, an unclean spirit is cast out. He said, when the unclean spirit is gone out of the man, this, the unclean spirit, walks through dry places, seeking rest and finding none. Then he says, I will return unto my house from whence I came out. And when he is come, he finds it empty, swept, and garnished. Then goes he and takes with him seven other spirits, more wicked than himself. And they enter in and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. Even so shall it be also unto this wicked generation. What happened here? Somebody was delivered. They were set free. But they did not fill up the house. It's like they spent no time with the Lord. No time getting built up. No time filling themselves with praise and thanksgiving. Filling themselves with truth and with the word of God. So the devil sees, oh, there's nothing stopping me. Empty house. Come on, come on. I have an empty house. And the worst. So it's not that he was not delivered. He did not fill up. So fill yourself up. Fill up with the word of God. Fill up with praise. Fill up with truth. Fill yourself up. Keep your house full. Leave no, neither give place for the devil. Amen. Give no place to the devil. He's not going to find any in my house. Amen? Amen. Your body is your house. Amen. Now, in Romans, Romans 16, 20, tells us that praise crushes Satan under our feet. But I'll explain this now. Romans 16, 20 says, The God of peace, the God of what? Peace. Will soon crush Satan under your yes. feet. Under his feet? Peace. Under my feet. Your feet. Yes. Your feet. 
You'll soon crush Satan under your feet. Amen? May the grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. So that God of peace crushes Satan under our feet. So what do you think happens when we are truly in his presence? Satan is crushed. He can't play any tricks on us. He can't deceive us. He can't bind us into believing lies. He's crushed. Amen? Amen. I want to tell you a testimony. This is many years back. We were living in Belgium. And Philip and some of the guys they were doing, I don't know if it was construction, I don't remember the details, but they had to carry these heavy wooden beams, one shoulder, the other guy's shoulder. And something happened with this thing, and it, Philip's shoulder went out of joint. It was very painful. We had to rush him to the hospital. And they told us that if they couldn't put it back in place, because he was a big, strong man, it's not easy, that he would have to go through surgery. So I remember, I don't know why, but I remember I was sitting outside in the car with another person. I don't know if we couldn't come in, but I was praying, 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 and I just kept praying and 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 interceding, praying, and it just seemed like it was going on forever. Afterward, at a certain point, and I think if I remember right, it was about half an hour later, all of a sudden, a peace just came over me. I just felt, okay, it's enough. And right then, somebody came out of the hospital, stuck her head out the door and said, it's okay, he's all right now. But I had known it. Just seconds before that, it was like the God of peace. Like I had my breakthrough. I didn't stop till I had my breakthrough. And I sensed that breakthrough when the peace came on me. Like it said that this rather novel Hayes said, my people suffer because they don't pray, praise and worship me enough. It's not a matter of, but it's a matter of waiting for your breakthrough. And how can you know with one indication, the indication I had that my breakthrough had come was that all of a sudden, this peace, I just had a supernatural peace. I felt like, that's it. You don't need to keep praying. And lo and behold, just a minute later, Someone stuck up their head said, it's fine, he's fine. Praise the Lord. Amen. God is good. Okay, well, I have so much more to say. <laughs> so also, Psalm 73, 16 to 17. Praise and worship brings understanding. It brings solutions. Psalm 73, 16 and 17 says, So I try to understand why the wicked prosper, or why whatever, whatever, it could be any subject, right? But what a difficult task it is. Then, I went into your sanctuary, O God, and I finally understood. So, in other words, you struggle with something. It just makes no sense to you. can't make head or tell of it. Quit analyzing, agonizing, Whatever it all is you do, get in the presence of the Lord. Give it to the Lord. Amen. Let him give you the understanding and the solution. And that comes, I entered into your sanctuary. What do you do in the sanctuary? You praise the Lord. Amen? Amen. And in Psalm 16, 11, <coughs> the joy of the Lord is our strength, right? Amen. So through praise, which gives us access into his presence, we find fullness of joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Psalm 16, 11 says, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. If I don't feel joyful, I feel defeated, I feel sad, I feel frustrated, I feel disappointed. I'm not in the presence of, Lord, of the Lord. All of those emotions are not in the presence of the Lord. So how do I get ready? Do I suppress those emotions? No, I can't. I get into the presence of the Lord. And that is where I find the fullness of joy. And Nehemiah 8.10 says, Then he said to them, Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, 
and send portions to, the, to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to the Lord. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Out of the mouth of babes you have obtained strength. And Jesus said, praise is your strength. Amen? So there is joy in praise. But take the time and wait for your breakthrough. Don't be quick to rush in and rush out. We are fighting a good fight of faith. Amen? Amen. Okay, I just want to... What time? How much time do I have? Sorry? I'm supposed to I'm supposed to be done. All right, so I want to speak just one last thing about... In Revelation 3, 16, Jesus said, Because you're lukewarm, I'll spew you out of my mouth. So when we come, and it is a time of praise and worship, let's not come wish, oh, what a dreariness, I wish this was over. Maybe next Sunday I'll come after they finish with it. You know, that used to be my attitude once. I once used to feel like I'm not a singer. I can't sing. I don't even know these songs. Maybe I'm wasting my time. Maybe I could sleep half an hour more. You know? But I've come to realize there is power in praise. And now I would not want to miss it. Amen? Don't miss it. And when we come, don't think about, I hope Peter, see, I'm raising my hand. No, okay. If you do that, you're not praising God. You're seeking man pleasing. Amen? Amen? It doesn't matter who is or is not present. The Lord is present. And that is what matters. So let's praise the Lord with all of our hearts. Like King David said, he said in Psalm 103. Oh, let me just read that to you. But there he said, I tell myself to praise the Lord. So why are you cast down? Why are you disquieted within me? Trust the Lord. Praise the Lord. So if you feel in your soul, I'm unhappy. I just don't feel peace. Something is just not right. And I certainly don't feel like praising. That's the last thing I feel like doing. You discipline yourself. You tell yourself, praise the Lord, oh my soul. Because there are two times to praise the Lord, when you feel like it and when you don't. And when you don't, that is especially the time to pick up the, this weapon and use it. Because the enemy is trying to trample you down on his feet. This place is under your feet. Use your weapon. You know, we spoke about the wisdom of God. We may not know all the laws of God, all the promises of God, all the da 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 But did you know that our faith is not in our teachings? We need the wisdom, but our faith is in the Lord himself. He's real. Our faith is in him, not in the teachings. The teachings help us to know him. It helps us to know his ways. It helps us to draw closer to him. But really, you can praise the Lord regardless of how much or how little you know in the Bible. And praise is always giving you access into, into his gates and into his courts. And you get in the presence of God. That's where the real power is. Amen? Amen? It's in the presence of God. So tell yourself. Can you read for me, please? Uh, Psalm 103, verse 1 through 5. And in Psalm 34, 1, David said, Your praise shall continually make it a habit to speak out loud. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Amen? Amen. And Psalm 150, verse 6 says that, Let everything that has breath yes. praise the Lord. For as long as you are alive. If you did not have breath, you would not be alive. For as long as we are alive, no matter what our condition, it doesn't say if you're this or that or the other, if I'm rich or I'm happy or I feel this way, that way, no. You have breath. Praise the Lord. Amen. Psalm 103, verse 1 through 5. Yes. And that would be the last. One, two, three, three. One through five. One. 
tell you, yeah, 103 verses 1 to 5. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things He does for me. He forgives all my sins and He heals all my diseases. Amen. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. Amen. Amen. Thank you. So he in the King James says, Praise the Lord, oh my soul. Yes. Why did he have to tell himself to do it if he felt like it? Most likely he didn't feel like it. You do it. You do it. Amen. You can find more of our free teachings on our website, www.gracelife.ca. And if you're ever in the Solaris Pass area, we invite you to join us for one of our gatherings. Our aim is to help you discover Jesus, find family, and experience life. To contact us or to find out where and when we meet, visit our website www.gracelife.ca.